0: Good afternoon, and the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. I am Josiah, and welcome to our virtual living room where we examine recent events and other topics as they pertain to the Holy Scriptures. We give all praises to the Most High in Christ, and we give thanks for God's generous mercy, grace, and forgiveness. At this point, I'd like to remind everyone that the uh, chat room is open and available for your comments or questions. Today's topic has to deal with parenting. There's an article in a uh, 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 website, is uh, sfgate.com, is a product of the San Francisco Chronicle. And there's an article in there uh, regarding the 10 most effective parenting practices. And uh, we're going to draw from our article today to talk about parenting. Um I'd like to read just a little bit from the article. Um, it starts off and says, uh, it's not easy to feel like a good parent these days. Every time you turn around, there's new information, a new study, a new book, a new expert, telling you what, you, what you're doing is wrong. Parents today are suffering from information overload, and many are operating at furious speeds like little mice on exercise wheels, trying to keep up with the advice. You might start by disciplining your child using timeouts, and then you read a book and learn that st- sticking your child in a chair is pu- punitive and harsh. So you opt for a gentler approach and try talking to your child about his habit of hitting friends. Then you watch a Dr. Field show and learn. That bad behavior should have consequences, and so you revert to timeouts using a one-two-three method. Then you read uh, that you read about in a best-selling book, and then and then you go crazy. One of the most frustrating things with all this information is that it's often contradictory. You read one book and learn the key to successful parenting is co-sleeping with your child because it helps you develop an everlasting bond. Read another book and you're told that you should sleep train your child or else your child won't get enough Zs and then he won't score as high on his SAT because children's brains develop when they sleep. And if your kid isn't getting 13 hours a night, well, then I'm so sorry. So that's uh, going to be the topic of conversation today. We're going to draw from this article, um, we're going to go through the uh, list of the uh, 10 parenting te- techniques that are prescribed here, and we're also going to cover um, a number of the comments uh, that were on this article because I think um, that's where uh, we, we, you're going to find the um, probably the uh, most surprising information. And joining me here today in the virtual living room to discuss this topic, we have with us, first of all, uh, our brother Kabar.
1: Yes, shalom, brothers and sisters. Good to be with you. As always, giving all praise, honor, and glory to the Most High in Christ.
0: And uh, next we have our brother Kazakia.
1: Hey,
0: Shalom to all the brothers
1: and sisters on the
2: panel. Shalom to all the listeners. Giving all praise to the Heavenly Father. Nice to be
1: back and uh, definitely looking forward to dealing with this particular topic right here.
0: Okay. And, brothers, uh, you, you've seen this article, uh, but for the benefit of our, our, our listening audience, I'm going to go through uh, this list of the um, 10 most effective parenting practices. And this list comes from the November-December uh, issue of Scientific America, according to the article. Uh, number one on the list Is And I I, want to mention, though, I don't know that these are prioritized. It it doesn't say anywhere in the article uh, that these were prioritized. Uh, But number one on the list is love and affection. Uh, It says, uh, uh, commenting, you support and accept the child, are physically affectionate, and spend quality one-on-one time together. Number two, stress management. You take steps to reduce stress for yourself and your child, practice relaxation techniques, and promote positive interpretations of events. Number three, relationship skills. You maintain a healthy relationship with your spouse, significant other, or co-parent, and model effective relationship skills with other people. Number four, autonomy and independence. You treat your child with respect and encourage him or her to become self-sufficient and self-reliant. Number five, education and learning. You promote and model learning and open-mindedness for your child. Number six, life skills. You provide your child. You provide for your child. Have a steady income and plan for the future. Number seven, behavior management. You make extensive use of positive reinforcement and punish only when other methods of managing behavior have failed. Number eight, health. You model a healthy lifestyle of good habits, such as regular exercise and proper nutrition for your child. Number nine, religion. You support spiritual or religious development and participate in spiritual or religious activities. Number ten, safety. You take precautions to protect your child and maintain aware awareness of the child's activities and friends. And and these. Uh, brothers and sisters are the ten most effective parenting practices according to the November December issue of Scientific American now to the comments and these are not all the comments but I'm just going to read through a a few here that just kind of drive home uh, one particular point Uh, maybe, maybe two points okay Uh, The first one, I agree with what, I I agree. What is the rationale behind even putting number nine on the list? Number nine, remember, is religion. Here's another comment. I agree with everything but number nine. Another comment. I strive for all of these except number nine. Another comment. Why does everyone, why does everyone have a problem with religion? It is an important part of the lives of many families. Another comment. I agree with all of them and do have an issue with number nine. I believe we can raise our children to be good people without religion. I believe being a good person with morals and values doesn't need an organized religion to validate my family and our belief system. Now, brothers, you you tell me, are these people on to something about this whole thing about religion? Are, are, are they actually uh, understanding that uh maybe something about the way the scriptures is written that you're not supposed to be a religious person involved in all these different factions and denominations and sects and so forth. Is that what they on to? Well, I
1: believe well you know the fact of the matter is and I'll just go to uh when you go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19 you got, you get the mindset of where comments like this is actually coming from, and First John chapter five and verse nineteen tells you it says, "And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness." So it's going to show you we live in a in an anti Christ, anti God, anti Bible uh, society, and that's you know global, every anywhere you are, any continent you may find yourself on because of course in France, Germany, so on and so forth it's, it's against the law to spank your children, uh, not France but uh, Germany uh, uh, I believe um, Sweden and other countries, European countries it's against the Lord to even spank your children and we know that in the Bible it tells you not only that you should not spare the rod because it like the scripture says, spoil the child but it also tells you how discipline and strength your child uh, the right way and lawfully which it tells you to strengthen on their side or on a behind. So this is the this is a mindset and a psychology that you're getting when you hear comments like that. Anything that refers to God, the Bible or Christ is going to be vehemently opposed. And that's why you have this focus on number nine which has which points to any type of religious or biblical um, um uh, foundation or point of reference as far as how you should be rearing or or, or teaching your child on in any type of religious stance. so this is the this is you know where're getting the the rejection and a and the uh, adversity from when it comes to the Bible christ and the scriptures
0: okay so then this article um from Scientific American, it's on point having number nine religion in there because the Bible is teaching religion, correct?
1: No, the Bible isn't teaching religion. Now, number nine is giving you a, a broad sense. And when you when you understand, of course, this is from Scientific America, that magazine is not re- religious at all, okay? Um, and it's from a very general point of view. And in their point of view, that religion could be, from the, you know, Christian, Hindu, uh, Muslim—that's their point of view on it. It's just saying, whatever you choose, you should like a you know, like ingredients in pancakes, add some kind of religious mix into it. But the fact of the matter is, unless you're actually adding, uh, unless you're actually focusing the entire education of the child through filtering that understanding of the scriptures in Christ. You're not going to have a balance, and that's why in the beginning of the, the article, it tells you that the experts don't agree on how you should rear children. They change very often, and that's because the basis of what they're um, teaching or instructing on parenting has no foundation in the Bible and, therefore, is movable. So one day it'll be in style, or well, everybody thinks it's right, and one day it's out. It's just like breastfeeding. One time that was
3: the, the the
1: worst thing you could possibly right. do. Now is the best thing you could possibly do. So people have to understand, like the scripture says, and I just want to get this one point. First uh, Corinthians chapter three and verse nineteen about this this wisdom that we find in the world. First Corinthians three nineteen tell us, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is uh, for for it is written. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, verse twenty, and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, meaning the so called wise of this world, and it says what? That they are vain, meaning worthless. And that's why the advice you get today, next tomorrow is going to be verse worthless, because it's vain, it has no value. And you're supposed to base your teaching when it comes to hygiene or diet, all of this understanding comes from the Bible and, and And when you do it that way, it doesn't change from day to day.
0: Okay. Let me just mention to uh, those that are in the chat room that uh, there is a link to the article that's been posted in the chat room, and uh, you're welcome to go and take a look at the article. Uh, Kazakia, considering the fact that what Khabar has bought out, that, uh, you know, it's not religion that you're supposed to to go to, but the scriptures, Uh, this list from Scientific American includes religion. Should it be omitted from the list altogether? No, actually, uh, uh, let's look at it. Because, you know, it covers such a broad range of religions. You know, it's covering things. uh, In in fact, uh, one of the the comments here, um, uh, one person wrote, uh, if we exclude proselytizing, we are left with a total of nine effective and healthy parenting practices. Religion is divisive. They need to use their reasoning skills as they grow up and discover that there are no saints. Um, and uh, uh, what the person says here is true. Religion is divisive. You know, they're, it's, it's divided all over. You know, amongst Christians, you got, I don't know, probably a hundred different divisions of Christianity. And then amongst Islam, uh, you've got uh, quite a few. And then the same thing with Judaism. I don't know about Hinduism and Buddhism and all that, but I would imagine they have various sects um uh, so and, and and these various sects um they, they they have confrontations and they strive with one another, and especially amongst the major religions religions, there's definitely strife there so this person uh, seems to be bringing out a good point, saying that religion is divisive, so that being the case, should that even be on the list
2: Should religion be on the list now that's a, that's a good question I'm gonna answer it this way um everybody's Looking at this thing from a religion, looking at this religion, religious perspective from a secular perspective. Let's take religion out. Let's put spirituality and Christ in, and as a substitute for religion. So when you put, uh, let's say we you, you use uh, spirituality. Let's let's look at Romans right quick. Romans chapter seven to verse fourteen. It says this. <clears throat> For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, so I'm a sin. So the point that I would like to emphasize is in the first precept of Romans chapter seven verse fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual. Now, as far as this list is concerned, what we should concern ourselves with is teaching our children Christ the commandments. And when you do that, all these other, uh, all these other um, things such as love and affection, relationship skills, for example, education, and learning, all of that is encompassed in the scriptures when you teach your child the scriptures. Okay, when I say scriptures, I'm talking about "Thus saith the Lord." Excuse me, out of the Bible, according to Christ. That that in itself is a difference between that in itself is different from "quote unquote" religion. Because the Heavenly Father never gave religion, he gave commandments, he gave ordinances, so forth and so on. He never gave religion. You you can never look in the Bible and see where the Lord says, thou shalt be a Catholic, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Calvinist, a Lutheran, Hindu, Islam, etc., 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 so forth and so on. But what you will read in the scriptures is, thou shalt Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. These are the things that should be, first and foremost, number one at the top of this particular list, despite the fact that it's Scientific America. Where is that scripture? from? Y'all please help me out with that scripture where it talks about teachings of science falsely, so-called things of that nature. But the overall point is what should be taught, first and foremost, is the scriptures, the commandments, Christ. That should be at the forefront and at the very top of this list. And if you don't mind, let's look at what the Lord says about teaching children. This is Proverbs chapter 22 and uh, verse 6. Just right quick, Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the training that we as parents slash adults are supposed to be given to our children is the training out of the scriptures, the teachings of Christ, the example of Christ. That's what we should be training. That's the true education, all right? I'm not saying that they're not supposed to go to school, but the foundation, first and foremost, of any child and his slash her upbringing should be the scriptures and Christ.
0: So now, Kazaki, I hear what you're saying, all right? But uh, people listening to this are going to take in consideration that you have men that uh, have studied uh, child, uh, children's development into adulthood, and they have gotten doctorates, and they studied this for years, and they uh, taught this to people, and so forth. These people are experts okay, so you're saying that these people that put all this energy into this that somehow that they are wrong
2: what I'm saying is before you had experts before you had persons with psychology degrees and doctorates and 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 so and these different titles of education mm-hmm. and and child psychology and child development, you had the scriptures. the Bible been around has been around long before the development of child psychology, child psychology degrees, so forth and so on. So before you start, and excuse me, I put this, before we start leaning on our own understanding, which the Lord told us not to do in Proverbs 3 and 5, let's look first and foremost at what the Lord does say in this Bible. Let's look first and foremost at what the Lord does say in the scriptures concerning children. I just read one scripture. There are myriads, lots of scriptures that talk, that, that teach us, about how we're supposed to interact with our children. It teaches us how we're supposed to be examples to our children. It teaches us how how we're supposed to teach our children, what we're supposed to teach our children. All of that is in the scriptures. All of that is in the Bible. And as far as somebody with their opinion is concerned, this is Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Brothers, still bear with me, please. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20, where it says, To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, meaning the Bible, it is because there is no light in them. So, for any man with a, a master's or a doctorate, PhD in child psychology, uh, child rearing, so forth and so on, if he is not speaking according to thus say of the Lord, thus say of Christ, out of, excuse me, out of the Bible, out of the Bible, he ha- he doesn't have the Spirit of Christ in him. So it doesn't matter okay. your degree, it doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't matter the titles that you hold. If you're not coming out of the say of the Lord in the Bible, you're not coming at all.
0: Okay. Uh, and Dr. Uh, Kabar, uh, Kazaki is pointing to uh, the Bible as the source for uh, instructions on raising children. Okay, so th- that would probably work for people that are involved religions like Christianity, Judaism, even Islam, because even his, his, uh, people involved in Islam refer to the Bible to gain guidance in some fashion. But what about people who don't, whose religion don't do that, like the uh, Buddhists and Hindus and even the atheists? What are they supposed to do about raising children? Shouldn't they uh, resort to um, uh, t- taking account what the, the experts say that you're supposed to do in regard to raising a child? Well, the the
1: fact of the matter is, is that the Bible, of course, you know, you have the nation of Israel who was established as the Lord's chosen people. But the instructions out of the Bible is the instructions for for all nations, all people, and they will be governed by that uh, at the return of Christ so the the simple fact of the matter is these instructions out of the scriptures, the the laws of God are supposed to govern everybody. It doesn't matter what nation or or what particular people you come from, the laws of God isn't simply relegated to the so-called religious or the uh, 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 so-called those who follow the Bible, follow Christ, or the Israelites. These commandments, these laws, statutes, and judgments, that were laid down by God were given to govern uh, all of mankind, and they will do that. As a matter of fact, you go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, and verse 17, and it tells you. It says, This matter is by decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to be intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and give it to whomsoever He will, and set us up over it the basis of men. Now I got to understand just some background. Of course, this is a prophecy in the time of Daniel during the reign of the Babylonians and the kingship of Nebuchadnezzar. The Lord is letting Nebuchadnezzar know, I rule the entire earth. I will let uh, those govern out at any particular time that I choose. And I rule over it and and of course who you read on in the chapter, he uh debased King Nebuchadnezzar into an animal like state because Nebuchadnezzar challenged and, and uh uh did away with and didn't want to accept the rulership of God actually over him and God's dominion. So this scripture is just proving that the that the Heavenly Father and His Word, the words written in the Bible, is to govern the entire earth uh, and everybody. So that's ultimately um, the, the direction that this planet is is moving toward. So, you know, you have every nation and they have their particular way of doing things, but we see what is a result of everybody uh, governing and ruling according to their own understanding and it's chaos. And that's why... This one central Bible and the one central Word of the Lord is supposed to be governing governing all mankind.
0: Okay, so so then even if you're a, a Buddhist or Hindu or atheist, uh, you're suggesting that they uh, go to the Bible to gain information instructions regarding how to raise your child. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Now, Kazaki, you mentioned something about uh, this list, and you you mentioned that um, uh, number nine, I think the way you put it is that uh, you should probably substitute number nine, religion, with uh, the scriptures. Uh, There's a comment here that uh, talked about substitution, and it said, uh, Great list. I'm sure some people will take issue with number nine, but to them I would say to sub it with moral values. Do you
2: think that's an appropriate substitution, also, Kazaki? No, 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 no? Uh, because, to believe it, uh, because believe it, because believe or not, and uh, I'm gonna be forward with this comment. Believe it or not, your moral values, like say for instance, uh, I know me, I know me and you came up in slightly in in, in in slightly different generations, but the overall point is, when I was coming up, and I'm almost positive when you were coming up, it was wrong to take something that didn't belong to you. No, I'm quite it's sure another I example. I think
3: that's
2: still um, the case. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Thank you. It's still the case. Now, I'm, when I was coming up, and I'm, I'm almost positive again, here's another example. When you were coming up, it was wrong to be disrespectful to your parents.
0: Right? So,
2: well, those yeah, that's yeah, when of, I was coming up.
0: Absolutely.
3: Absolutely when oh, I was yeah. coming
0: up. Right.
2: It, exactly. So those are, quote, unquote, two examples of, excuse me, those are two examples of, quote, unquote, morals or quote-unquote values. Now, believe it or not, those come from the Bible. Uh, here's the case in point. When I, when I alluded to the fact that it was wrong to take something from you, Exodus chapter 20 and 15, thou shalt not steal." Now, here it is. Again, the other example that I put out there was it was wrong to be disrespectful to your parents. Exodus 20 and 12, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So therein are two examples of quote unquote morals that we were raised with and here in the Bible is the origin of those morals. So don't sugarcoat it. Don't say, Okay, you can substitute morals and values and forth and so on. No. Put it as it is. Put it in the scriptures and let it let your teachings come out of the scriptures. Because when you teach the scriptures, therein is your true fabric for morality. Therein is your true fabric for righteousness. Therein is your true fabric for that which is right versus that which is wrong. The Bible. And because <clears throat> and there, 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 there are some cultures and some societies in which morals may differ. You know? Uh, the, uh, the brother brother, you just brought it out. Uh, in which there are some countries that, uh, that 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 outlaw uh, uh, corporal punishment. In other words, faking of your children. Right. Where well, according Thanks. to the right. Bible, according to the Bible, that is permissible. That's something that the Lord encourages. Now, here's another example, brother, if you don't mind. Now, when I was coming up, that was something that was practiced as far as corporal punishment was concerned. And I'm almost positive that when you were coming up, that was definitely something that was practice.
0: Yeah, it was definitely expected.
2: Herein, here herein, and this is the point I'm trying to establish. Herein, when you they, they want to talk about morals and values, wait a minute, you're, you're sugarcoating it. Don't don't put morals and values. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and put it as it is. Put the scriptures. Put the teachings of Christ. And that takes me back to the first point uh, that. The spirituality it should be number one on the list because when you put this number one on the list, then and then people are actually applying scriptures. In other words, teaching the teachings of Christ and the commandments. then you won't have children stealing. You won't have children back talking. You won't have children being disrespectful. You won't have children getting in all types of trouble. You won't have young ladies uh, carry themselves as as, uh, as as prostitutes and whores. You won't have uh, men carrying themselves as whore mongers of fornicators. You won't have this, this uh, that's, that's my girlfriend, that's my boyfriend. No, you won't have none of that. So the very fabric of the society in which we live in has, 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 has been so degenerated, if I could use that word in this particular context, has been so degenerated because, because the, the real morals, the real values, excuse me, Real morals and values that come out of the scriptures, that come out of the Bible, aren't being taught and practiced.
0: uh, Thank you for that, brother. You said a mouthful there. We are talking today about parenting, and we're going to be back in just a moment.
3: But today, you can we got. we You can find the and, mm. and it's like the yeah, you
0: Uh, from a website, SFGate, uh, which is a product of the San Francisco Chronicle, and a link to the article has been posted in the chat room. Um, And this list uh, is a list of ten, and one of the uh, most glaring things on here for some people is that religion is on the list, and that's that's what we were discussing. And, Kabar, before we uh, went to the break, because uh, it had about a, a number of important points, and it, from the way he's putting things, it appears, and I think he's pretty much saying it directly, that uh, the, the list should probably have only one thing on it, and that is the scriptures. Uh, and I suppose you agree with that, right?
1: Well, the fact of the matter is, if we want to narrow uh, um, the perspective of number nine on this list, uh, religion, As it relates to the scriptures, then you can move that from number nine to number one and draw a whole bunch of branching lines out to all of these other topics because it is from the scriptures, all right, you'll box at the top that you can branch into stress management, relationship script. You want some stress management, go to Galatians 5 and verse 19. About long suffering patience temperance. That's for stress stress management. You want to deal with re- uh, relationship skills? You can go to Deuteronomy when it tells you uh, how to deal with your parents, how to deal with your brothers and sisters. Leviticus 19 and verse 17 and 18 about loving your neighbor as yourself. So on and so forth. Not being a grudge. You want to deal with some autonomy independence? Go to Proverbs and Psalms and it tell you how to work independently and and how to. Uh, to look at the ant and how they don't need to be told and how they do the things that they're supposed to do in other scriptures and they tell you to work with their hands. You want some education and learning, there's other parts of the scriptures that deal with that. You want to deal with uh, health, you got the apocryphal when it tells you to have a care for your body, when it tells you about having to care for your diet. It even goes into not eating too much and you're not before, you know, next thing you know, you can't sleep at night from and things like that. Um, and it goes in, You want you want to deal with safety, it tells you what people to deal with, who not to deal with, how to carry yourself. So it shows you from the Bible you can get into these subsets of other areas where you have particular scriptures that give you particular and precise instructions on how to go about each one. And that's why you can pull, you turn religion, if you mean the scriptures, up to the top, branch a whole bunch of lines up to these other subsets, and get particular, detailed instructions out of the Bible on how to handle every one of those
0: areas. Wow. Uh, well, let me let me ask you, Kazakia. Uh, since you know the scriptures is the way to go, is it in the scriptures a list of ten or five or twenty uh, things that you should be doing in order to properly raise your child? What things should someone be focused in on? In, in, in raising a child, uh,
2: would you mind asking that question? I want to make sure I understood exactly what you're saying. Would you mind asking that question again? please
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I started out by asking for a list, but I don't know that that would be fair because I don't think that you you know you, you could probably not think of a list of ten or twenty things or whatever. But you know, it just you know the, obviously the scriptures is the way to go. From what your brothers are bringing out that is the way to go. Okay, so now the scriptures contain instructions on tithing. What things, what scriptures actually talk about Which, which, are, which are, What are those instructions? Give us some of the most fundamental basics, uh, instructions from the scriptures regarding chowary.
2: Okay. Before I can get, I can uh, tr- at least try to give you the, the fundamentals as far as rearing, Uh I got to read, this is, this is the prerequisite, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17, excuse me, where it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, "Repent, for the kingdom of a, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." So, before we can really get into child rearing and what the Lord says about child rearing, we got to make sure that we ourselves, as adults slash parents, are repenting and applying the teachings of Christ to our lives. Then we can go into child rearing. Now, to answer the second part of the question, about what what, the why why is use? that? The reason the reason why that is <clears throat> is because we, we, we can't be hypocrites in, in, in this in this gospel. We cannot be hypocrites in this ministry. How is it that, say, for instance, how is it that I'm telling my child or I'm teaching my son or my daughter that you shouldn't steal if I'm a thief? How is it that okay. I'm teaching my son or my daughter uh, that you're supposed to respect me as your father if I'm being re- disrespectful to my father? It, can't, it, it, it won't happen. It can't happen. But before we can really get into child-rearing and what a child is supposed to learn, we as uh, parents slash adults have to make sure that we are repenting and following the instructions of Christ. And then we can definitely go and teach and show our children, this is what the Lord says, this is what the Lord says, this is what Christ teaches. Now, the second part of what you are asking me, what scriptures uh, can we use as far as child-rearing is concerned, we can start out in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And uh, verse 4, y'all please bear with me. Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 4, But <clears throat> it says, Here on Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, meaning your mind. In other words, we're supposed to meditate on the commandments of the Heavenly Father. And not just meditate, we're supposed to apply What he says in the scriptures We're supposed to apply the example of Christ Because when you apply the example of Christ You are keeping the commandments Verse Uh 7 And thou shalt teach them diligently In other words we're supposed to teach Christ and the commandments Diligently Consistently Without fail Constantly Unto thy children And shalt talk of them When thou sittest in thine house And when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So the Bible has everything in it as far as child rearing and what we're supposed to be teaching a child, support, and so on. Now, you want another example? Matthew, the fifth chapter. Bear with me again. Matthew chapter 5, and verse 17. It says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. By the way, these are the words of Christ. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till so heaven and earth pass, one jot or one title, shall in no wise pass from the law, till so all be fulfilled. Now the point is in uh, verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And the reason why this scripture comes up is the fact that we are responsible. Not only are we, are we responsible for keeping the commandments, we're also responsible for teaching these commandments. Because it says right here, whosoever shall do and teach them. We cannot be hypocrites. Again, we cannot be hypocrites. We have to be both doers of the commandments, followers of the teachings of Christ, and we have to teach what we learn in the commandments and teach what we learn of Christ of Christ's teachings and his example to
0: our children. Wow. So so it sounds to me like uh number one on the list within the scriptures would be teaching. Teaching your children. Yes.
2: First and foremost, excuse me, so, let me, me renake that statement. Mm-hmm. Let me renick that statement. First and foremost repentance. That's number one on okay. the, of the
0: Okay. Repentance. Okay. Okay, repentance. The... Okay. So I guess we're looking at a number three, Nakabar. What would you suggest would be a number three? Well, you know, it all it all kinds
1: of, it all comes together uh, around the same central theme which is instruction. Uh Proverbs twenty two and six gives you the, the the theme and the idea when it tells you Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. So it gives you from the formative years of your child only up into uh, young adulthood that instruction, that teaching, that example being set before them, in, in uh, that, that word of the Lord being inbred in them, okay, so that whenever they think about a decision that they're going to make, they're going to automatically be thinking, okay, uh, what does the Scripture say about this? You know, what's the wisdom of the Lord, and how should I go about this? And understand that first and foremost, well, chiefly, when it comes to accomplishing their goals, it's really going to be the, the Lord, the Most High, who's going to allow it to happen. And if the Lord is not with them, they know ultimately it's going to be a waste of time. So these are the instructions that need to be bred in them from a very young age. It also tells us in Psalms chapter 78, verses 5, 6, and 7, and this is going back to the the very critical role that parents are going to play because it's all going to start from that point. When it tells us Psalms Psalm 78, verse 5, it says, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known unto their children, that the generations to come might know them, even the children which shall be born, who should arise and declare them to their children? So it's a generational thing, going down from one generation to the other. A father teaching the son, the son teaching his his sons, and their sons on downward. It says, what, what verse seven that they may set their hope in God, and not forget the works of, the works of God, but keep His commandments." That's the whole point and purpose behind this thing, and um, when that's being done, and as you go down. Those generations with that word being taught, then you get to a higher and higher level of refinement and application. But also, I want to go to because we, if you want to move closer to a summary type form and and just nuggets of uh, of wisdom and information when we look through the Bible, we can go to uh, the Book of Matthew, chapter twenty-two. Book of Matthew chapter 22 and verse 36 to 40, right? As far as starting points, focal points, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. somebody asks him the same question. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Uh, what is the focus? What should we really be paying attention to? And this is the Lord Christ tells him. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, right? with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment because it sums up all of those that it sums up the summary that you get in uh, Exodus, the 20th chapter with the 10 commandment It's even summing that up. And then it says, "What verse 39, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. It says On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Because when you when you unzip it like a a compressed file, when you unzip all the commandments, this is going to be the central theme of what all of it is leading to, about loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself.
0: Okay, okay, all right. Now, um, you know you you got the scriptures that you're pointing to as instructions to raise a child, but then obviously you have people who are raised to adulthood who are obedient citizens. They go about, they don't break any laws, they don't commit crimes, they, they, they get married and they raise children and so forth, you know, and they seem to be pretty much model citizens, but they are not following the scriptures like you're suggesting. So how do you reconcile the fact that these these examples take place in the world and without following the scriptures to the, to the extent that you're describing? Well, I'll give you an example,
1: right? You have a so-called, you know, model citizen. They may pay their taxes, uh, be good to their neighbors, so on and so forth, you know, seem to lead, lead quote-unquote, good lives without necessarily, you know, getting all into the Bible and and all of these things. That is that the type of situation you're describing? Exactly. Okay. So, Well,
0: well listen, this is this.
1: This is a critical uh, and and detrimental point that a person like that runs into. Even though they could kind of coast and glide along uh, with society in its view of uh, a good person, uh, when you really get down to the the nitty-gritty every day of their life and the application of what they're doing, you see a lot of sins and transgressions being committed. And because their focus is not on the on the scriptures like it should say, what about something like when it tells you in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12? Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that which is referring to is the Lord Jesus Christ and his instruction. If this person puts that to the side, glosses over that, doesn't focus on that, as the scriptures tell them, should, tell them that they should, what happens ultimately when this person has to be judged before God? It's condemnation. So, so you see, it, it's critical that the scripture, as it is written, is applied in all of our lives because it's just like that red light. You can, you can say, well, you know, I, it looks great to me, or I'm colorblind or whatever. But if you run it and it's red and the cops stop you, the cop does not care what kind of excuse you're going to give him. He's going to give you a ticket, it's read, the end. Same thing with the scriptures when it comes to the judgment of the Lord. Uh,
2: okay. If you don't mind, brother, can I point out an observation? Yeah, absolutely. When, when you read this article, and I would like to f- focus on paragraphs 2 and paragraphs 3, where it says, one of the most intriguing things with all this information that, that it's often contradictory. You read one book and learn the, the learn the key successful parenting is co sleeping with your child because it helps you to develop an, an everlasting bond. The next paragraph says read another book and you're told that you should sleep that you should be trained or else your child won't won't get another disease and then he won't score as high on his SAT because the children's brains develop when they sleep and if their kid isn't getting thirteen hours of sleep well then I'm sorry. So basically, this gives you this. Well, those two paragraphs are telling us in an inadvertent, in an indirect way is the fact that you got too many books out there with too many of man's opinions about how you're supposed to be dealing with your children. Society, at least in this part of the world, this country, is over-inundated with man's opinions about children and, 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 and interaction that a parent should have with, with, with their children. So now I have to read Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Verse 12, where it says, And further, by these, my son, be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Because you've got this book that says you should do this with your child, you shouldn't do this. Then you got another book that says you should do this with your child, and you shouldn't do that. And then there's another book that says you should do this with your child, and this with your child, but don't do this, that, and that with your child. Wait a minute. So that's all contradictory. That's all confusion and the Heavenly Father is not the author of confusion, as it says in 1 Corinthians. Now, all those books out there are man's opinion. Jeremiah chapter 7, excuse me, Jeremiah chapter 17, please bear with me. Jeremiah chapter 17, and verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. So that person that's putting his trust and all these different books out there about child rearing or child parenting or what you should do with your child, instead of putting his trust in what the Lord says in his scriptures, that man or that woman is cursed. Now, on the other hand, Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7, blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So blessed is that man or that woman That put their faith in the Heavenly Father And following Christ And they're teaching and interacting With their children According to the scriptures So all these other books that are out there Those books Are vain Because they're based in the opinion Or on the opinion of man Instead of what the Lord says
1: Out of the Bible
0: Okay uh, thank, thank you for bringing that out and clarifying that, brother. Um, I, I want to clarify something also. Earlier I said that I didn't see where uh, the, this list of ten things that were in the article were uh, were ranked, they were prioritized, and, and, and indeed they are. Uh, they, they are ranked. So they were looking at the most important one as love and affection. And then religion, number nine, is being one of the least important of the ten. Um I want to go to uh, one of the comments, uh, and I know we kind of uh, passed the point of refuting these comments, but this is one that I just thought uh, would be very interesting to bring out. Um, It reads, so, in order to be a good parent, (laughs) you need to be wealthy and believe in imaginary sky friends. Adults who believe in imaginary friends are, at best, stupid and, at worst, crazy. Brothers, your your comment on that comment. Wow! Believe in the imaginary right, friends. And you need
2: to be wealthy. Good gracious! Um, let's see. Well, I, what does the Lord I, said about wealth? I'd like to read the scripture just right quick, brother. What does the Lord say about wealth? And He says a lot about wealth. Proverbs fifteen and verse sixteen: Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. So better that a man or a woman has very little but they're following Christ than a man or a woman that has a whole ton and two thirds of money and riches and, and, and material possessions and all the trouble
0: and all the problems that come with it. Okay. What about the imaginary scaffolding as part of it?
1: Well, I've deal with that part. When you uh, go into, into the book of um, Psalms chapter 53 and verse one, because it, it, that comment goes right back to the, statement made in the beginning of the program about how we live, and this is why number nine is prioritized so low, because we live in an anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible world and society. And this is the, the same person who's making that comment fits exactly into this category. Psalms chapter 53 and verse 1, it says, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they and have done abominable iniquity, there is none that doeth good. And then the scripture goes on to tell you that that person is going to receive judgments and corrections and punishments from the Lord. So, of course, you have a fool in his own, the left of his own mind, leaning on his own understanding, like it tells us in Proverbs 3 and 5, who's going to make up in his imagination that there is no God okay, Big Bang created everything and, and, and we're just here by accident. This is the foolishness that, that goes for science, that goes for understanding in this world. And I'll, and I'll quote that scripture that the brother brought up earlier in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20 and it says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings. That's what the man did who made that, that statement. It was a profane and vain babbling. It says what? In oppositions of science falsely so called. That's really the basis of his he feels his argument is in science. But it's oppositions of science falsely so called. And, and, and ultimately, that person is just going to, if they don't repent, bring them to yeah. themselves and to anybody else who listens to his foolishness.
0: Okay, now, um we do understand now that this list is prioritized. Uh, now when you start talking about the things that are, uh, uh, in the scriptures that you're supposed to do in regard to raising your child, uh, should that be prioritized? Is there, is there a priority? Some things you're supposed to do first to put more emphasis on, and other things that, you know, don't require as much emphasis. That's a uh,
2: that's a, that's a that's a good that's a good uh, question. Um, I would have to I would have to say just off the top of my head, which I really shouldn't say off the top of my head, but according to the scriptures here again, that the repentance must be there. the so the repentance must be there. and if and if there is a a, a two parent household, a man or woman, that man and that woman in that marriage in that relationship, it has to that it has to be. Foundated in Christ in, in Christ's teachings and the commandments So that there's that order There's that family structure In which uh, the, the man <clears throat> Is at the head of the household The woman uh, uh, Under the man in Christ And then the children Subject to the parents And the parents subject to Christ That family structure, that basis That foundation in Christ has to be there And afterwards Then you've got a double edged sword because you've got the, the, the husband, the father, and the mother, the mother, on the same accord, on the, on the same accord, excuse me, teaching and dealing with the children, both of them, out of the
0: scripture. Okay. Kabar, <sighs> same, same question to you. Is there any uh, priority, uh, one instruction regarding um, raising a child that is more important than another?
1: Well, I can only with that foundation that the brother already laid with the proper family structure, I can only say the only the, the same thing Christ told us in Matthew 26-36 about the main thing you should focus on with your child and teach them over and over, or remind them is that that they should love the Lord thy God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and that they should love their brother as themselves. That that's the focal point we're should be taught.
0: All right, brothers, a uh, very, very good uh, program. Thank you so much for uh, bringing the enlightenment from the scriptures uh, to this this topic of parenting. And I want to thank those who are participated, listening to the program and those that have been in the chat room and to those that might uh, listen in the archive. But most of all, our appreciation, and Gratitude goes out to the Most High in the name of His Son, Christ.
3: Until next time, most high in the name of Christ, bless you all. Shalom. Wow. Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at com Or you can email us at com or call us at 877 871 1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ, bless you. Shalom.